This episode of Solar Stories is produced by Mouth Media Network and presented by Solar. Yeah, like stop playing. Like let's poke the bear. <laughs> yeah. And that's prob- that's one of the reasons why I got so popular so fast because I was doing a lot of the comedy that a lot of people were afraid to do, especially on the new platform with kids. I was like, I don't care, bro. I'm grown. And I experience real things. And this is what I see. This is what I think about. Some people seek influence and succeed, and some stumble upon it and wield it mightily. Greg Davis Jr., known widely as Clarity with a K, never set out to become a social media heavyweight. But this spoken word artist, actor, and comedian has built a powerful following, both online and in entertainment. Coming up, a remarkable conversation with Clarity, featuring how a crush on Twitter led Clarity to discover Vine and become an early superstar with some 6 million followers, how he became Clarity after a drug deal gone wrong that almost killed him, and how a deep and important conversation on race, prejudice, opportunity, and accountability made Clarity who he is today. I'm George Manley, and you'll find Clarity on Instagram on his Insta handle, Clarity. Remember, that's with a K. And his story on this episode of Solar Stories, the art and business of influence. So, gentlemen, welcome to Solar Stories. (laughs) We've got in the house today uh, Mr. Greg Davis Jr., a.k.a. Clarity. Uh, a new and dare I say one of the currently most important members of the Solar family. Oh God, welcome! Until you sign someone more important than me, <laughs> <laughs> we know you'll never let that happen. No, oh, you can't. It's I fine. will not for the betterment of the company. I say. <laughs> we also have uh, today, Mr. Christopher Holland, back with us. He is a now a, a deep seated member of the family. He's got a he's got a room in the house. It's a little dirtier than the rest, but. We wanted to bring him in to give us a little bit of the feminine perspective on some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. <laughs> you going to have talking to you? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're also, uh, I should mention to our listeners that we are drinking. Um, we've got, uh, do you want me to call you Clarity or Greg? I say my friends call me Greg. Okay. Well, I'm your friend. So, And you can call me Jordy, by the way. I don't even know if our listeners know that my family name is Jordy. Jordy? Jordy is my nickname. Like yeah. Jordy Nelson, the football player. Yeah, exactly. Right. Different spelling, but exactly. Of course. Exactly. All right. All right. Phonetically the same. Jordy. Right. Um, so we're drinking Greg's drink today, which is uh, Hennessy and Cranberry. And we'll kind of di- dissect that a little bit, because I think there's some things in there that are a little messed up. Um, I hate them already. But let's dive in, Greg. So we talked to you a little bit, or I should say we talked a little bit, you and I, about you know, what we like to cover on this podcast. And, um, you know, what I think is fascinating about your story is, uh, you know, sort of, sort of how it came to be. I mean, you know, you were, you were doing a lot of things and then you made some transitions and then you, you kind of blew up on vine. I think you were one of the early creators, mm-hmm. uh, on there that really had a, a, a serious following. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to just give you the mic for a bit mm-hmm. until you're out of breath. And I, and I want to hear from you about, Start with, you know, your earliest memories, like the the things, you know, this, again, this podcast is about what influences people, right? So I want to know, like, where you got started, kind of what, what brought you through your early days, and then, you know, maybe we can kind of get to where we are today. Sure. Well, uh, I got started because the funny, the funny thing is, I, it all started with a girl. It all, it always starts with a girl, right? 
And um, there was a girl at the time that I had a crush on. She's actually kind of blowing up right now to be uh, as an artist. It's funny enough um, as I tell this story. But um, you allowed to give her name? I don't know if I want to. Okay, right. I don't know if I want to give. That's what I mean. Your yeah. personal values are. Oh, my to. personal values. Yeah. yeah, I don't even. I mean, I don't care. I just don't yeah. know if I want. No, to you're give. protecting her. Yeah. Well, no, protecting me. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't give. I don't care about her. Not like that. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Um, but no, it started with a girl that I had a crush on at the time, and you know when you have a crush on somebody, you kind of, especially on social media, you kind of follow them on all platforms. And at the time, the only thing prominent was Facebook and like Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, Vine wasn't even. G- give us a year. What's the year? This is like 12 or 13. Okay. Uh, as in 2012, 2013. Sure. Um, and anyway, I followed her on Twitter and I was kind of like, you know, when people post stuff, you just always looking into like what they're posting. Like, oh, what is my crush posting today type of type of thing. And um, so one day she posted a video um, on Twitter and I wanted to watch this video, but I couldn't because it was a part of the video was on a new platform that I had never heard of or downloaded yet. So when I clicked on it on Twitter, it automatically redirected me to the app store. When I got to the app store, I was like, oh, a new app. I got to do all this just to watch this girl's video. I was like, but she's my crush. Like, <laughs> I know, it's such a pain. It's such a pain. So I went to download the app and the app literally was like, create a new account or sign up through Twitter. And I was like, no, 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 sorry. I saw first it was like creating a new account. I was like, yo, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing, this is too much now. I feel like a stalker. Like this is, this is like. One more thing to follow. Yeah, it's just yeah. too, it's one, I was like, I'm not doing it. And then I was, as I was about to close out, I saw the other option that says, or in small letters, sign up through Twitter. I was like, I'll do that. That's less work. And I don't feel like much like a creep. Like I'm thirsty. Or Even right. though you kind of did and I, feel you know, like a creep. I was definitely a creep, bro. <laughs> a little bit of a creep. I was not a little bit, bro. It was a lot. Like I stalked the girl. Like let's just call a spade a spade. All right. Um, well, now you can join. Now you're officially a member of Chris's club. So yeah. Well, we know Chris is the king of a stalker club. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I downloaded. I ended up creating my account through Twitter, and the app, as we now know, at the time, uh, is now Vine. That was the app, and I only reason I downloaded Vine. Which I thought it was called Vin. I didn't even know how to pronounce <laughs> the stupid thing. Um, it's a true story. I thought it was called Vin because I hadn't heard of it. And the only reason I downloaded Vine was because I wanted to watch this my crush's video. Anyway, so I downloaded it, created it through Twitter. At the time, I had my hair, my handle name is Clarity. Mm-hmm. And I did it early on Twitter because at the time I was a spoken word artist. Mm-hmm. I still am, but you know, at the time I was heavily into like writing poetry and spoken word. And I was performing around town, around Southern Los Angeles at college campuses, different open mic nights. So I was kind of gaining a little bit of buzz. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, at the time I thought I wanted to be a spoken word poet artist, like for the, to the end of time. Like that's all I wanted to do at that particular it's a personal dream too. Yeah, well, let's re- let's revisit that dream, yeah, George. Yeah. Georgie. George. I mean, more of a, more of a hobby dream. Got I don't it. think I can, I can ever... help you with that. Yeah. yeah. I can help Good. You I could use some help. Um, so 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 anyway, so I changed my Twitter handle to Clarity because I wanted people to take me seriously if I wasn't going to really do this poet thing. So and, why'd you pick Clarity with a K then? <laughs> well, the reason I picked Clarity is because all, so I was trying to find names for myself. Yeah. And I had a friend of mine who actually helped me pick this. And the reason I got to Clarity is because she was like, what do you want people to fear, fear, feel and hear after hearing one of your pieces? Like, what do you want people to, what's the takeaway? What do people want walk away with, right? And I was like, well, when people listen to me, I want people to feel liberated. If they're depressed, I want them to feel up or happy. If they feel like encaptured, I want them to feel liberated and free. If they're imprisoned in their mind or their heart, 
I want them to feel freedom. You know, if they feel in darkness, I want them to feel light. If they're feeling a cloud, a shadow, whatever, I want them to feel sunshine. Like I want you to walk away. There's that darkness and light thing again. Oh, y'all talked about that. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'll I'll tap on it later. I, I wanted, I wanted people to just feel hopeful. I don't know, like that's what I wanted, and I would say all these words. And she was like, "Do me a favor, write all those words down." So I did, right. A couple hours later, she because we were doing this all day. Like, what do you think about this? She was like, mm, "Yeah, but I don't know." I had like words. I had wordplay. I had all these different things, but you know, whatever. It's a smart way to do it. Yeah, yeah. it's like stream of conscious sort of brain dump. Yeah, it's how you target stuff sometimes. That's how you yeah. do it. And so later on, she calls me like a couple hours later. I remember it was around eight o'clock at night, and she was like, "She was like, I got it. I got your name." I was like, "What is it?" She was like, "Clarity," and I was like. Nah, I don't know. She was like, look it up in the dictionary. And I did. And I read the definition. And whatever the definition, I don't remember it by heart. But whatever the definition of clarity is, it was like, you know, you know, uh, opposite of dark, light, clear thought, clear vision, opaqueness. Yeah. All those things. I was like, hmm, hmm. And she was like, now look at all the synonyms. And just like a movie, all the synonyms that I had written down that day. All the words I had written down when she asked me what I want people to feel were no lie. D- damn near all the words in the dictionary of synonyms. So when I started reading off the words, I was comparing my list and I was like, all right, this is officially what I call a God moment. You can't write that. You can't make that up. I don't care what you believe. If you believe in a higher power, if you believe in God, the Lord, whatever you believe, those things can't happen without that belief. And at that moment, I knew that there was something bigger than me at play. Like, there's no way there's no way I can write down all these words that happen to be the same words in a dictionary, no less, almost word for word that I didn't look at earlier. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay. But I still wasn't sold. I was like, I don't know. I wrote it down. I looked at it. I was like, clarity, 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 clarity. I was like, I don't know. She's like, what do you think is off? I was like, I don't know. The meaning is there, but just for the branding sake. And I was thinking about branding back then before I even knew what branding was, to be honest with you. That's how I knew it was something bigger than me as well, because what, what would I know about branding at that time? And so I was like, I don't know. It just doesn't look right. That's all I remember keep saying. I don't look right. Yeah. So then I was like. Also, the handle probably wasn't available, right? Uh, at I hadn't tried then at that oh, point. Okay. I yeah. hadn't even tried, but you're yeah, probably yeah. right. Like yeah. it's such a generic word. So at the time, so what I did was I was like, all of a sudden I had an idea. I don't even know why. I don't know why if I thought about fraternities or capitals or what, but I just remember thinking like, why don't I try it with a K? So I X'd out the C and I wrote a K over and I wrote the, the word again with a K in, in front of it. And then I looked at it and I was like, clarity. I was like, why, why did I not do it with a K instead? And she was like, why? I was like, I don't know. It just looks better. <laughs> Everything else had this deep meaning connection. It's philanthropical, like, because I want people to feel lip. And then the K was just like, I don't know. It just looked better. Honestly, I wish I could give you this real, you know. Yeah, no, it just I get looked it. better. And I was like, how about with a K? And she looked at it. She was like, I like it. And immediately I went and changed my Twitter handle. This was August. And, and it was two- available, obviously. It was available. Wow. And I can tell you when this was because I was watching Game of Thrones at the time, or was it Sons of Anarchy? But it was August of 2012. And I think the first season of Game of... And I remember watching the episodes as I was like trying to think of a name. So it was like season one. That's how long ago that was. All right. So you're already Clarity. Um, bring us back to this girl. Correct. So change my Twitter handle to Clarity. So mm-hmm. remember when I told you I created my Vine account? Mm-hmm. I had... That was my Twitter handle mm-hmm. already. It was Clarity. So when I created it because of my laziness, my Vine account immediately, automatically became Clarity. Right. I just forgot to change it. 
I just never changed it. Sure. And um, so I created Clarity. I went to watch her video. I watched it and it was over just like that. And it was short and it was choppy. And I was like, what is this? Was it any good? Nah, it was just dumb. And then it was like, I was like, what are you doing? You just ran around in a, in a porta potty and you thought that was funny. I was like, she no, she was no longer my crush shortly after that. <laughs> but just I was like, like but then I was like, yo, what is this app? This app is stupid. Like, why, why does it keep stopping every time I lift my finger? Because at the time, when you record a vine, you have to keep your thumb down. Mm -hmm. There was no self-record. And when you lift it, that's how it would stop. So I kept playing with it. I thought I was doing something wrong. I was like, every time I lift my thumb, it's broken. Like, every time I lift my thumb, it's not recording. And I saw, I finally figured out that just to keep your thumb on it. But only after that, I realized it was over. I was like, wait, how long is this? Is this over already? I was like, six seconds. I was like, I read the, the waiver. Like, Make any video in six seconds. I was like, this is the dumbest app idea I've ever heard of. I was like, who can make, and this is me coming from an acting world and background and film and TV. Like, you need 30 minutes, you need an hour, you need two hours to tell a story. I was like, how the hell am I going to tell a story in six seconds? I was like, this is the dumbest app I've ever heard of. This will never, this will never be anything. It's amazing that they didn't immediately tell you how to use it the moment you signed up. Yeah. Like, that's such a flaw in some yeah. apps that are out there. We just had to figure it out. Yeah. So I literally almost deleted the damn thing because I was like, this is stupid. And I closed it out and I never opened it back up for like another month. Mm -hmm. um, what got me... So that's how I downloaded Vine mm -hmm. on my phone. And I thought it was called Vin. Mm -hmm. The reason, the way I know it was called Vine was because I ran into King Batch coming out of Runyon Canyon one day. He was coming up and I was coming in and he was just, he had like 18,000 followers at the time. So just to give you perspective of how On long Vine or on Instagram? There was no Instagram yet. Like people weren't even really on Instagram. That's right. Instagram video hadn't come out yet. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Instagram video only came out. That was the answer to Vine because Vine was kicking ass right. in terms of like, the short form video content that was and getting mm -hmm. and Snapchat, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But Snapchat's mm -hmm. up. But um, there was no competition, so Instagram video created it off that answer. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I was going to Runyon Canyon, Batch was coming out, and we ran into each other. We knew each other. We met each other one time briefly prior to that because we have a mutual friend um, that I've been friends with since I was a child. I was on this kid show on Nickelodeon called Gullah Gullah Island on Nickelodeon, mm -hmm. and she was on the show. We were friends. And she went to college with Batch. That's how they met. So one day she was moving and she called all her male friends to help her move. And we met that day. We didn't really talk to each other, but we knew of each other because he was on her web series that she created while she was in college. Anyway, so that's how I recognized him. I'm like, yo, he's like, yo, I think we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you're friends with Vanessa. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're friends with Vanessa. And he was like, yeah. He was like, what's up, man? What you, you know, LA small talk, like what you doing? You know, it's always shop talk in LA for whatever reason. Anyway, you know, when people say, what you going on? It's, they want to know, like, what you're working on, what you're filming. It's, like, work-related as opposed to how you are as a human. But mm -hmm. whatever the case. We small That's talked so L.A., it. though. Yeah, it's so, so <laughs> L.A. It's annoyingly L.A. Um, but we small-talked it, and he was like, what you working on? And I was like, you know, I'm kind of, he's, do you write? I was like, yeah, I'm right a little bit. And he was like, well, let's exchange numbers and let's do some stuff sometime. You know the L.A., let's do some stuff sometime. Mm -hmm. And we did that whole thing. But I was determined. I don't know. I was just sitting at home or, uh, one day, and I was like, you know, let me hit him up. So I just followed up. I was like, yo, what up, man? Nice friend you the other day. Let's let's link back up and get together. Let's talk about getting some creative stuff going. Because at the time, I, ha I had taken a two-year break from the business of acting. I took a, hi a hiatus, and I had just decided to go back. Why was that? Was that because of what Over. Harvey Weinstein did to you? or No, uh, no, I don't want to talk about that. But um, <laughs> for the record, Harvey Weinstein dare not touch me. <laughs> I beat his. <laughs> um, but yeah, nah, it's just, it, it was just like, you know, the business can be the business. 
sometimes. And it just got to be like, I was over the politics over a lot. And I was like, I don't want to do this no more. I just was losing my love and my passion. So yeah. it took a two Well, a lot, a lot of real artists feel that way. Yeah, because it's yeah. just, when you see the business of the show, it's so business for a reason. The show yeah. is great. The business is ugly. Yeah. And annoying. Yeah. Mm. So, I um, I took a break. I was deciding to go back. Around that time, I was just, I remember just trying to do things to kind of like knock the rust off, so to speak. Whether that was, because I knew I was going to start back auditioning again. So whether that was like, I don't know, doing stuff on my phone, whatever. I wanted to get into the practice of using my muscles again, my facial expressions, my mouth, you know, whatever. Sure. So I, that's, your, your, your personal branding, really, right? Right, yeah. right. Just wanted to get that. Like Chris says, the walking trademark. It is, it is. And so because of that, I remember just wanting to be creative at any point, like whether it was, and I knew he was like a YouTube person and at the time he was, and I saw, and because I followed him on Twitter as well, I saw him posting these little videos, these Venn videos, and, but he was the first person I saw that was using it in skit form. Mm -hmm. Other people would just be, you know, would like make prank vines or whatever and mess with people. And he was doing it as a skit to showcase his acting and I knew he was an actor. So that's when I had the idea, I was like, yo, maybe I could or should do this as well as one of the things to kind of put myself out there as opposed to just waiting for an audition and waiting to go book a job every other week. Like that's just, that. the time for that is is over for mm -hmm. me. Um, so called him, we set a date, went over his house. We met for two hours, talked about YouTube sketches and that's all we wrote ideas. After we were leaving, I was about to, I think I was about to go to like Bible study or something like that at the time. Um, and I was like, I got to go. But he was like, as I was putting on my jacket, I remember being like, yo, so tell me about this Vin thing. And he was like, you mean Vine? <laughs> I was like, is that what it's called? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh, all right. Tell me about Vine. <laughs> and he was like, I mean, eh, I kind of like it. He was being real coy. I was like, should I do it? He was like, eh, yeah. I was like, I see you're, I know you're an actor as well. Do you see it helping you define it beneficial? He was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Just being like real, just threw it away. And I was like, all right, well, I, should I try it? He was like, yeah, why not? So I was like, all right, bet, let's do it. He was like, all right, come back to my house tomorrow around six, let's shoot some vines. And I laughed to myself, I was like, shoot some vines. Like, whatever, come on, bro. Like, I come from a film industry. Like, the whole term of filming or shooting was only on a real set with real right. cameras and real production. Right. At the time, filming as a, YouTuber, Viner, Instagram person, whatever, was just like not even a term. So when he said, let's film some Vines, I was like, all right, bro, calm down. It's interesting you say that because <laughs> I feel like nowadays, now. four years later, anything that's professionally shot to a lot of followers feels like inauthentic. Yeah. It's like too produced. It's too produced. And it's not real. Even well, Instagram's responding because they've modified their um, their algorithm for your posts. Yeah. They can tell when something's more of a professional shot as opposed to something that's like been done on your iPhone. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it the way that it feeds it to your following, it almost staggers and delays it. That's right. So yeah, because they know it's the more likes of a marketing message yeah. Yeah. rather than a they do personality a, They're doing a lot of stuff that's post. getting kind of annoying, to be honest, Instagram. They, they, they've become another one. Like, just, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But their problem is they're catering to the advertisers now and the people that just dumped a bunch of money into the platform. Well, that's right. I mean, that's why Facebook bought them, right? They're trying to, you know, maximize the revenue yeah. there and Facebook's going down and, and yeah. Instagram's really their, their only shining golden orb right now. It's just like, yo, keep it, this, yo, stop messing with it. Like, you're, you're... Well, that's why the original founders of Instagram quit. Yeah, because yeah. they're messing it up. Yeah. That's what happened with Snapchat. Same right. thing. Like, right. Snapchat was 
again, they stopped catering. I'll say this till I'm till I have no breath left in my body. No social media. Which, based pla- on how much Hennessy you're drinking, might be in this like five is, minutes. <laughs> no platform. I don't care who you are. No social media platform can and will ever survive without its creators. Right. I don't care how big you are. And that's not me being pompous or arrogant or cocky. It is just what it is. Because if you don't have people that's willing to come on your platform and utilize it, it's going to die. You want it, You don't believe me? Look what happened to Vine. Look what happened to Snapchat. Right. Those are two platforms that pissed its creators off. And we were like, all right, we're out. Well, it's interesting you say that because I actually think today, maybe just because I don't like the guy, but I think that Facebook would be better off without Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. The answer to that, because he had such a vision and, and and what whether you like him or not, it you know, he birthed the thing. Well, and, he did. But I'm, I'm, I think nowadays he's focused on very different things in mm-hmm. his original vision. I mean, when you think about let, let's pretend for a second, let's just go let's just go down this rabbit hole for mm-hmm. like a minute. So Facebook really birthed the the, the social media idea right Mm -hmm. and then you had like uh twitter take the the text part of what was social about facebook and make it a thing Mm -hmm. and they made it brief and you had to you know say what you think in a in a short statement and that was kind of interesting in itself and it was newsy and it was quick and all of that it was Mm -hmm. easy to download then you had youtube sort of pull the video aspect of facebook out and make that a thing that in really, really Vine did that as well. Mm. And then you had, you know, Instagram take the picture part of Facebook and pull it out and make that its own thing. Mm. And it seemed that there was this really dedicated audience to each one of those medias mm-hmm. or mediums that, that really focused on those things. And those audiences grew faster because the core Facebook audience felt like Facebook itself had too many things going on, wasn't authentic, and was growing into this like giant orb that didn't make sense to anybody anymore. It didn't feel like a community. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. And, and I feel right now, it's just like this, like, uh, there's so many things you can do on Facebook that, like, I don't even know about anymore. I went into their business manager and, like, it's so, there's all this stuff that's connected to the back end now yeah. that you have to, like, fill out. You got to put your bank account information. Then there's shops. There's all this stuff. And nobody cares about because it. Because they're trying to regulate it. And because the government and SEC got up their butts about because a lot of advertisers were pulling data analytics from Facebook mm-hmm. and freely pumping it out to the companies getting the data and they were marketing it to us for free. Right. Which they got in trouble for, which is why there's companies now that are coming out that are data analytic kind of companies that are going to start paying for views for influencers on Instagram so that they can get that data and they know who to market to and who to use. And so that's why, I mean, that's why if you notice that even if you post on Facebook or Instagram, now you have to put paid partnership with so-and-so. Right. Because right. a lot of influencers, there was millions being tossed around online. You know, mm-hmm. anything, the yeah, right, they get right. they get a pissy to. fit. Right. Like everybody's getting paid. They don't get their hands in that. Right. Right. Of course. You know I mean? So that's why you have to legally be like, paid sponsorship by the government. Yeah, no, we want a piece of that, the greedy. Right. Anyway, um, well, so take me back to, you're on Vine, you start playing with it. Yeah. Get me to the point where you've got a big following there. How did that happen? Honestly, man, I, I honestly, it's going to sound one of those false humilities, false humility statements to be like, I had no idea this was going to happen, but I really didn't. I didn't plan for it. I had no idea what to do with social media. Half the time, I still don't. And the only reason I say that is because I was trying to like 
put my spoken word videos out on YouTube, and I was doing everything under the sun and would only get like 2,000 views. I had like 137 followers. 2,000 views? I don't even have 2,000 followers. Dude, like, I had... That's a lot. And you say that's like not a big deal? Well, I mean, now it's not. No, but even no. back then, even it wasn't back a big then, deal? That wasn't, I mean, because people were getting a lot of views on YouTube. They were getting more than 2,000. Right. I mean, maybe that's, again, to the scope of things now. now but I'm we, saying if somebody's... If there's 2,000 people that want to want, watch your Vine video... Mm-hmm. There's something interesting about that video. So I'm asking you, was it your, do you think it was your content that was driving your audience? Do you think it was your personal branding outside of Vine and then they just found you on Vine? I had no branding then. I started going viral on Vine. My very first video, I remember I was making Vines and they were funny. They were cool, a couple hundred, but it wasn't really doing anything. Then I remember I made this one video and at the time there was this Facebook account called Best Vines and it had about 850,000 likes, which was synonymous to followers, right? And I was like, whoa, there's this app that I just found out about. There's a bigger community for this thing than I thought. Mm-hmm. So on Facebook, there's more people that like the damn Facebook page than there are actually on the face on the Vine platform, it seems. Mm-hmm. Because Facebook was at the time the premier platform to watch viral videos and things that was going viral, right? Right. So anyway, um, I remember I made a Vine video. It was called Racist ATM. Again, I just have a crazy mind. I think about all the... <laughs> I just had a video. I just had the video, an idea. I was like, what if I try to go take money out, but the ATM wouldn't give it to me because I'm black? Oh, my God. And I told a friend that about that. Hysterical. I told a friend about that, and he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's hysterical. And he was like, all right. So we figured it out. Like At the time, there was no special effects. So I, I had to... Your, your phone can do talk to text, or at least you'd be able to use to do talk to text. And I remember typing in words that I wanted to say and we would play it. So I would go up to the ATM, my my boy Wes, what's good, filmed it with one hand and on the other hand he was pressing play on Siri, talk to text. So we wrote the text out and it would respond. Mm-hmm. And we had to time it. As if it. it was the ATM. We had to time it and we did it as if it was the ATM. <laughs> Is this still live? Yeah, you can or probably after Google it. Yeah, 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 you can Google it. it. Yeah. That's my first one. And I remember posting it and it just like, it went viral. Right. So, okay. So this is a moment. You woke up the next day and you had a lot of followers because that was a very funny video. Yeah. Because I remember just my my account started to grow a little bit. I was like, what the hell? And then I don't know if I got an alert, a notification, or somebody told me, but it was like, yo, your video made like the best Vines Facebook page. And I went to Facebook page and sure enough, at the top, it was like Vine of the day by Clarity. That's so funny. And it was two things. I was like, damn, son, really? Wow. All right, so let's take a quick break. Um, when we come back, I want to talk to you uh, more about what happened from there. Mm. But I also want to talk a little bit about, it's funny you say racist ATM, because I, I want to talk to you a little bit about oh, yeah. race relations. Oh, yeah. Okay. Follow the show on Instagram at solar underscore stories. And you can find more episodes of Solar Stories and learn more about solar at solar.com. You, you grew up in L.A., is that it? Or you just went out there for work? So I'm born and raised in Orlando, Florida. Okay. I moved to L.A. a week after I graduated high school. To... To chase a dream? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. Which was what? Acting. And to get the hell out of Florida, out of Orlando, because 
There was nothing there for because me. Because it's Florida. It's, <laughs> because it's Orlando. <laughs> Miami's cool, but because it's Orlando. Right, right. Even in Miami, like, unless you, even back then, it's like, it's cool. But after you're an adult, it's either like, it's one way of life. It's Florida. Is your family still there? My mom is still there, yeah. Yeah. So you go back? Yeah. Because Orlando's changed a lot in the last 10 years. Do, yeah. Is it any more interesting or do you still stay away? Yeah. I will not, like, no. It just doesn't. I agree with you. I mean, I don't. It Even just doesn't have tired. the flavor. I mean, if you've got nah. a lot of personality, maybe Miami or somewhere, but yeah, have a crib. But if that's the point, I'm going to go to the crib. If I'm working my entire life here, I'm going. I'm going out of the country, right? Somewhere where I can live for like a king for thirty seven dollars a day, right? Like in Mexico or somewhere, yeah. like and the, you know, behind. I don't care, but yeah, I'm out. Italy. All right. Wow. So, Bali. Oh, I love Italy. Yeah. Um. Since we know your origins a little bit, mm, X Men origins. Huh? Let's uh, let's let's play a little. Uh, let's play a quick little little game. Okay. All right. So close your eyes, Would both you like of you. To play a game. Yeah. This is going to kick off our little uh, race relation mm-hmm. conversation. Okay. All right. So pretend you don't know who's in the room between the three of us, guys right. on the mic. Right. All right. So one of us is from. Oh, you know what? Let me. Uh, you can keep your eyes closed, but let me let me tell you a quick story real quick because mm. we're drinking Hennessy. When I grew up in D.C., one of the jobs that I had in between my college years was working construction. And one of the jobs that I worked was in Anacostia, southeast D.C., mm-hmm. one of the roughest neighborhoods in the country. Mm-hmm. And I was on a crew that was 250 people, and I was the only white guy in the entire crew. And... Every time we worked through our morning shift, during the lunch break, the guys would all bust my chops because I was the only white guy. And so we would go up on the roof. This was just an open construction site. We were the demolition crew that was clearing out the old cinder blocks. And uh, we would go up on the roof and we would drink Hennessy and Sprite and smoke a joint. Mm-hmm. And then in the afternoon, we would drive the forklifts around and it was you know, pretty crazy. Um, but one of the things we would do in the afternoon after we got a little buzz on was, um, we would see who could swing a sledgehammer with the fewest amount of swings and take down a cinder block wall. And even though there were some beasts on our crew, I beat these guys like two out of five days a week. Oh, wow. And I really did that mostly to prove my, my worth and also to be like, you guys, you know, pretty much all big black badass dudes Mm. from a tough neighborhood, Mm. but I can hang with you and I want to hang with you and I want to get to know you better. Mm. So I say all of that because the three of us are sitting here, Mm. right? So let's pretend for a second, we're going back into the game. You don't know who we are. One of us grew up in DC, drank Hennessy and Sprite, worked construction. One of us grew up in Orlando, drank Hennessy and Cranberry. One of us grew up in Texas, Played the cello, went to med school, and drinks red wine. Yeah. Which one of us is the white guy? The cello white. Oh shit! <laughs> this is not what I tell you. You see how he he got that journalism degree though. Yeah. The you cello, see how he brought that all the, the way cello around? and the red the cello and the red wine. Right. Guy. The cello and the red wine. You see that? You see how he pulled that right on out, right? Mm-hmm. So the reason that I bring Damn that shame. up, obviously, that's a joke, Mister Holland. Um, no, that's, no, no, no. You know I. No, no that is it. You know well, I, the reason I bring it up is I'm here it, for I, it. Here I think it segues it. into a really, a really cool uh, topic mm-hmm. that you know, Christopher, you and I talked about a bit on your episode. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it was this whole idea of race, right? So, Am Greg, you're supposed to be close. What's that? No, you can open your eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah, unless you want to go to sleep. But no, this guy. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, eyes. in in my mind, there's there's two there's two sort of uh, there's two sort of uh, ways of explaining you know race out there these days, right? There's color of our skin, right? So there's that whole perception thing that we just went through, which quite frankly, is a bunch of bullshit, right? That whole exercise was just proof of that. And then there's the cultural race, right? There's the whole idea of like, you know, we joke like you're light skinned, you're this, you're that. Like you're not commenting on your actual skin color. You're commenting on the way you behave and whether you got some some juice in your personality. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. And and so my question for you, and I'd like really the two of you to kind of speak on this is, you know, Greg, in your in your sort of rise, like, so I'm thinking of you as this, you know, week out of high school, this guy who's running across the country to chase a dream in L.A. as an actor. What were you thinking in your head in terms of, OK, I'm going to go chase this dream. And then is this dream in any way going to be affected by or be more or less challenging as a result of my race or my cultural background? Right. Because they can be two different things. So talk to me a little bit about that. That's a great question. Um, so I thought about it being an advantage and a disadvantage. It was a disadvantage because a lot of roles in Hollywood and this business, especially at that time, were all for white people. Right. There were no black roles a lot. And at that time, growing up as a young black male, all you saw was Denzel taking every role and Will Smith. Before that, it was Sydney. It's like Hollywood only lets a few be popular at once. The ones that play by the rules. (laughs) Who wants to play by the rules or if they don't, they abide and they just stay quiet. They don't don't make a lot of noise. Right. That's why they ostracize Spike for so long. Right. You can't be black and have an opinion. That's right. Be black. Be good. It's like, but it's like shut up and dribble. Like with LeBron, that stupid... That stupid uh, anchor for whatever, probably Fox News. Well, Spike just wanted to talk about black culture. That's all he wanted to do. And, he, you know, the people in Hollywood, I would assume, didn't think that was relatable. No. You know? Well, they, they they honored him for, 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 for do the right thing. But after that, they didn't, you know, Malcolm X. Right. How, yo. Come on. Well, it's and funny. Spike it a, went to Morehouse. We talked about it. That's right. Well, it's funny. It's kind of the same. I mean, I almost equate Spike. Maybe this is a totally incorrect analogy, but... I think of Spike a little bit like the black um, Woody Allen. Oh, I've 100%. said that. 100%. I've said that. Because I've said that Hollywood so doesn't times. even really fool Woody because he does what he wants to do. Well, exactly. that's right. But Woody, that's right. Woody used to say, if you're not talking about sex or death, why even talk about it? Right? So all of his movies had that theme running through it. Of course, there was comedy and there was Jewishness and there was awkwardness. But like, and so Spike Lee was really talking about what's black about being black, right? Exactly. And like, yeah, anyway, go ahead. No, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, you got that. You hit the nail on the head. It's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, um, again, I found it at a disadvantage because there weren't a lot of roles for young black males unless you were a certain thing. Unless it was the thug or the whatever, whatever. But the advantage was there weren't that many roles or that weren't that many of us. So, like, the dis- the advantage is a lot of the roles in Hollywood come out for white guys or white women, right? And there's so many white 
males in Hollywood, in the business entertainment industry, period. Yeah. They all look the same. Yeah. The joke is like, all oh, black people look the same. I feel like the white guy type is, there's oh. so much more competition for the white guy, for the all-American bad boy. You got to be blonde or brunette, 6'1", 5'10", 5'11", got a chiseled cheek and some abs. You look Boring good. as hell. Boring. <laughs> but that's the look. And there's so much of that type. So you That's got- why I never did it, because I really feel like I have that look. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Okay, but the thing, but the archive of photos, uh, he was on that Clark Kent bullshit hard. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so yeah, it was just like so. At one point, I was like, "All right, cool." But for black guys, they only stick to a certain circle, a certain amount. But once you're in, you're good. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe me, look at all, you can probably name on two hands all the popular male black leads there is out there, right? And even black women. Let's start them off: Sydney Morgan. Uh, Sam. Harry Belafonte. That's old, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Denzel, mm-hmm. Jamie, Michael B. Jordan, Anthony Mackie, Derek Luke Ooh. at the time. At the time. At the time. At the time. And they look what they did. You know what I mean? He was hot and then whatever. <sighs> look at him. Um, Mike, I said Mike already. And then, you know, Stefan James maybe now. And who who else? I'm struggling right now. If you can give me 10 and Mahershala Ali now. Now. Well, that's now, yeah. Now. But I'm talking oh, about and, uh, over the last decade or two. Yeah, and if, uh, if we're talking, British chap, you know. Oh, Idris. Yeah, but maybe within it. the last it, seven, it stops right there. Though. But if you think about <laughs> over the '80s and the '90s and early 2000s, black prominent male leads was Denzel and was Will. Yeah, name me one more. And may and, and then uh, what's what's your? Um, he looks. He's a great looking dude too. But there's a lot of TV. Blair, Wait, you're only talking Blair. dark skin. You're oh, only uh, talking Blair dark skin. Underwood. Blair Underwood. I'm because t- I'm dark skin. Yeah, so but you're only really, talking dark so skin. So if we talk guys. light skin, well, what about what about uh, <laughs> what about uh, uh, James Earl Jones? Yeah, but James, that was a again. That's that's different. He was so prestige. But again, as good Wait, as why he is wa- it different though? I'm curious. As good as he was, does Hollywood ever give him his? Does does the industry? He's Darth Vader. Yeah, but and how many people know and that? No, no, nobody knows. That's that. my point. How many? Well, you know what's funny? Insane. How many nerds or white fans do you think knows no, that the did. famous, infamous villain of arguably all time is a black man? Thank you. Well, Give it well up you know me. what's interesting? He was a villain, and that's another thing. You yeah. make the villain the black guy. The voice. well, but he was really so. I but, but, he was actually he was the very first person. I ever interviewed in my life. Really? James wow. Earl Jones. Wow. When I was in uh, prep school in New England at Trinity Pauling, he was, I forget if he was an alumnus or he was coming through as a, I think he spoke uh, at our, whatever, graduation or whatever. So I got a chance to interview him. That was before I went to journalism school, all of that. And do you know that guy has, to this day, one of the worst stuttering problems I've ever That's why encountered he talks in my life. like this. Yeah. And pronunciates because right. if he doesn't he'll stutter. That's what makes his acting well, and his well <laughs> voice so dope. Well, people you don't know, you think he's acting he's theatrical and he is. But the but. backstory is cuz he's so he has to slow down right to be this way. And it ended up being one of the most prolific voices in cinematic history. That's right. That's some backstory for your ass. Right, right. All right, so you didn't mention him, though. 
uh, was it the light skin thing? I, that's the thing, but because I know about him, but I'm talking about what Hollywood oh, I garners yeah. as success. Yeah. And you only hear about Sydney, Denzel, and Will. Right. That's it. That's all they used. Right. They've used, and then Eddie, but that's SKG, that's DreamWorks. But that's comedy. That is comedy. And, it, and that's it, true. It's let's never talk been, about the fact that yeah. Eddie so, Murphy. So you're saying like, like, it was only acceptable if black guys were funny for a while. Well, oh, but, but funny. Well, funny Still. is yeah. Funny is look. They'll let yeah. you. They'll let you act a, a fool. That's true all day long. That's right. But don't bring any substance. That's right. That's they'll right. shut you down. Why do you think? You know why? No, they'll, tell me. Say it. They'll let I you know make. A, they'll make you a fool. They'll make okay. you look. They'll make you a little. They will let you make a fool of yourself. Right. They'll let a black person be funny. And dance and tap dance all day long like Sambo back in the day when he used to right. I'm thinking of blackface, like going all the way back. Make me laugh. That's That's it. Very true. Dribble the ball, but don't don't have an opinion. Throw the football, but don't take a knee. You know what I mean? That's right. Oh my God. Or what is that classic saying? I'm not gonna use the N word, but run and run, run nigga, run. I say it. Oh yeah, it's a real word, man. It's part of the culture. People use it. I mean, I don't. Look at OJ. He was cool when he was running the ball until. Well, now, well, well, we don't know. No, 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 what they tolerate as long as you're doing something for them. That's right. right. The minute that they can't benefit off of that's you anymore. Right. And, right, exactly. And that's so it. that's what happened with OJ. That's why that's why he was like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Right. And that's why Jay Z And that's why Jay Z was like in in story of OJ, he was like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Jay Z was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. And that okay, if you get it, you get what that okay meant. Right. It's like, all right, nigga. All Until. Right. Okay. Oh, ask Michael Jackson. Ask any other like A-list black male prominent figure in pop culture if they didn't have to contend, right, with look, some BS look. that came along with the territory of being whatever king they were. Correct. Jordan, Tyson, Jackson, please. There was always ridicule around them. Whether it's happening now, or it's going to happen later. Straight up, it's gonna be you know. Oh, they coming for your ass. But guess look, what? Look how they it's again. Right. Another example, and it's not just. I'm not gonna sit here and say they only come after black men. No, no, no. I feel it's like predatory by culture. It's predatory by culture because they got a bunch of Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey. It's not like it's just an attack on black men. It's an attack on white men. It's an attack on the ugliness of it. Period. Right. The ugliness of what? You know, a lot. Of, well, right now, the the thing, the elephant in the room is the sexual assault and sexual allegations and rape and all these things, right? Things like that, but... To the point where people are having to be people who aren't even that way, who just may be, like, very alpha in nature and still considerate, those people are have to pu- having to pull back and monitor every single twitch, move, like, just because of, you know, a sampling of the group, not that's, that doesn't constitute a real representative of everybody else in the group. Correct. Right. And it's not, that's not cool either. Like I'm, you know, I've had to pull back on certain ways. Like I'm like, oh, I'm all, I was raised by two people who were like, you be considerate, you be mannerable, you be this, that, and the third. And then even I have had to look at myself and be like, did I offend any, any woman? Like, like what, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? And I'm not even that guy. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. it's, 
Well, I mean, I do think it's it's brought some important light on the issue and yeah, how we sure. as men behave around women. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And it, some of it needs to be like shed light upon. Yo, yeah. yeah it's my, look, as I say this, my mom was a victim of sexual assault. I said that in my interview with Marco. So don't. I'm not sitting here being like men versus women and women are lying. And my mom was touched on and molested. You right. hear me? And I if I see you. him to this day, bodies is dropping. Sorry, you have no more involved. Yo, you Grace, then no- ran out today, bro. Yeah, like well, I mean, that's so. That's how I feel about it. So let's be clear. You. Let's be clear. Like I have no tolerance for it. My mother, my flesh and blood, was a victim of it. Yeah. So I take it very serious. Right. Now, on the flip side of that, it's such a dangerous allegation, and people's lives are being turned upside down. Yeah. For a simple like he may have, like if you did it, Harvey, Kevin, look. Bill, if that, you know what I mean? Yo, you can't do that. You're going down. That's yeah. ugly. That's disgusting. That's wrong. But well, look, a lot look, of some at, of these things are a getting, dangerous. It's a dangerous hot, thing. Like, look at look at Trump. Trump hasn't gone down for it Of yet. course not, because he's the leader of the free world. Kavanaugh got into the office, but. He's not my leader. But, right. No, he's not well, mine. we know. But how we does Brett Kavanaugh still make it to the highest? <laughs> we know he ain't your leader. You're my leader, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take me to your leader. <laughs> With Greg is with Greg is second lieutenant position in in the judicial system with allegations circling him. Imagine if Obama come on son. Oh I mean, please, they would have lynched him. Oh, they would have lynched him. Please, metaphorically or hell. Well, you know what really bothers me about, and we're running over time, but I don't care. You know what bothers me about um, so like so much about Trump is the fact that. I do deeply believe that he did all of these things that he's accused of, of the vast majority of them. Of course he did. And and yet, one of my personal favorite people, and certainly my favorite president, was Obama. Of course. And had nothing to do with his race. I don't care if you're black or white. Right. But it was the way he represented himself and our nation Correct. to the rest of the world in particular, but also to our own population. Correct. And the thing that I don't like, the thing that digs with me so much about Trump is that everywhere I go in my daily life, now granted I live in you know New York City area, I see his name. I see his name on buildings. I see his name on parks. I see his name on streets. I see Trump. And you know what I don't see? I don't see Obama. I mean, I know he's just gotten out of his presidency. He's still in his limelight, so to speak. But like, God forbid this country never puts a statue up for that guy. Yeah. Well, the thing is, unfortunately, what Trump did, which, look, say what you want, and I don't like him as a free will, but as a businessman, he played like he played it. He's a licensing king. You see his name everywhere because he he helped hotels out. Yeah. What people don't know is that, oh, yeah, that's but Trump's dude, hotel. It's like, it, to me, it's like if, if you got muscles because you took steroids, yeah, you played it, but you're a you're a fool. You're, yeah, yeah. So, you but know, you cheated. Fool. Yeah, yeah, but you could but get you fool? could you could get the presidency, but yeah. if you cheated, if you broke the law, yeah, well then you didn't earn anything. It's well, just a matter that. of time before you come down. Right. Yeah, exactly. well we know that. Yeah, but yeah. we've been waiting since November sixteenth about to, yeah, to put that yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. Well, so yeah, it's no, been right. two years and there's no sign of him coming down yet. They took two years to be like, oh yeah, he may have done something with the Russians, and FBI leader Mueller's. You know, it took two years for that. Right. And there's nothing that's sticking to the wall still. Well, if you actually follow me, be my friend on Facebook. I could use another follower. Uh, read the uh, read the Forbes article I posted yesterday. It's the most it's the most accurate 
uh, understanding of the Russia thing that I've seen yet. Let's take a quick break and then let's come back. And I'd like to learn a little bit more about impactful events in your life. Mm. Uh, Mr. Clarity, Greg, I'd like to I'd like to hear if you're willing to speak about it, a little bit more about what you were just talking to about your mom yeah. and her assault. And I'd like to hear about your accident. All right. Okay. I think we've covered a lot of really interesting things so far. Uh, your initial rise, mm. um, your uh, some of your feelings on race, both you and Christopher. Um, I'd like to know a little bit more about things that have touched your life, and then let's bring it to today. Like you know, so you had that moment where you you decided to pick up and leave Orlando and go to LA, right? You found a career, you had an acting career, you did some things, then you took a break from it, then you found social media, and you started personally branding yourself around that a bit. Mm. Um, tell me about when you had your accident. Yeah, so um, it was like a month, about a month, month and a half prior to my, gradu- my high school graduation. Again, from Orlando, ain't nothing down there, man. It's music or football or sports or do you sell drugs? That's just what it is. And did you do all of that? I did. I did. I tried to, you know. <laughs> tried to be a rapper in like middle school. I was never a rapper. I tried to be a rapper in middle school. I played football in high school and I was trying to make it then. And at the same time, I just wanted, you know, it was the time of rims and cars and jerseys and stuff, and systems. And I wanted all of that. So, you know, you're living in that neighborhood, you don't have it. You can't get it from working at Universal or Disney. That's all you could. Those are the main jobs out there because it's, you know, the attraction area. Or you do what you got to do to get it. And I did what I had to do because I wanted certain things. You know, the thing that's so messed up about culture appropriation is they market a fantasy of the American dream of hood riches to the hood where they don't have any money. But they they beautify it and tell you this is what you need for success. Right. And then, but all, this is what you're telling us we need, but we don't have that or the means to get it. So you're telling us we need it, so now we got to go get it by any means necessary. So do you think that's why some black guys that come from nothing and then fall into riches, first thing they do is go out and buy all these toys? Of course. Because why, they never why, had though? it. But is that because that's what white people told them to do, or is that because- They it, never had it. They're, but are they saying that that's a sign of success? Of course. Okay. The reason why you brag about Louis this, Gucci that, which I think is stupid. I will never talk about bragging about having any black label brand unless it's a friend of mine's or my own. Like, that's dumb. Like, I don't want to make any any brand more rich than they already are based on what? They don't even care about me. If I get shot and killed by the police today or anybody, Louis or Gucci or Fendi, whoever ain't going to be like, yo... Sorry for your lost clarity. He was a good man. That's evident in the whole thing that's going on with Dolce Gabbana and Prada right now. Mm-hmm. The racism. Of I course. Mean, you know, there's a lot of that deep-seated in the Italian culture, which of is unfortunate. Co- but, you know, no, it really is unfortunate. Italians don't like then. black people. Yeah, no. It's Historically. So, yeah, it's Maybe. really sad. Well, it, don't you think it's a little bit of an association? I mean, they don't. there's not a lot of black people in the Italian culture. There really mm-hmm. isn't. And they're well, closest. They're the closest that black are so dark that look like they were two steps from being. But that it. came from when the Moors conquered Conquering. Sicily. That's right. right. They don't like to hear that. Right. Don't nobody listen. I remember watching a, a commercial one day with my mother, 
she's dearly departed. Her name was Barbara Holland and she was a queen. But anyway, the whole commercial was like nothing but like little white kids. And she was like, that's a shame. Don't nobody want to be black. And I was like, damn. That's deep. No, they do. But no, but they don't. They don't want to put on the They don't want to have to contend with the experience. Of course not. Of having to go through no. You know, some of the stuff, you no. know, it's cute when it's in vogue and there's, you know, there's something that you can make about it that you can play up and present as a package like, oh, this is cool. But you don't really want to have to contend and have to overcome and constantly work through some of the shit that some of black people have had to contend with for years and years, centuries and centuries. And it's not just black Jew, whoever I'm saying, like resistance is not something that people would have really want to sign up for. Irish. Same yeah. thing. Because that ain't Wasp. And you know, you can got no. cracked down on that too. I mean, they, but know, my point is, you know is that no one is looking at resistance like, yeah, give me that. <laughs> People are looking at shit like, oh, I want to skate by. I want it to go easy. And I get it because resistance kind of sucks. It's but you grow greater through your affliction. You grow stronger through your affliction. Clarity just came from the gym pumping iron and he had to push through weight, but he was gained the increase because he looks like a fucking action figure right now. All right. Chris is the one with the tight shirt on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the I, one I showing it. We, we can see your abs through your motherfucking Everlast right now, bro. This is a lie. Please. This, this is a lie. I have See, this is what happened when y'all give me this stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> Clearly, we, we know who went. We've unleashed the demon. <laughs> Clearly, we know who drinks the red wine and who played the cello now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cello boys talking. Uh -oh. Everybody quiet down. He was like, I was not listened to when I pulled out my cello. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think um I don't know. We, I heard we, I heard I heard you say just now that when black was in vogue. What did you mean by that? Is it was there like a period when everybody wanted to be black for a minute? They still try to make they as in like the industry the man, whatever they use, whatever it's all monetary too. Look, like if, like we just said, run in run. If there's somebody that's fast, you can throw a label on his back and brand that and make money off of it. He's your guy. Oh, it's cool to be him. Yeah, right. But do you know what the hell he might have had to overcome in his life Yo, in the experience to be him? Of course, you don't want that. Yeah, but I think that's what makes him cool. Is yeah, that overcoming that adversity? That is actually Jay, what makes him. Jay cool. Cole said it cool when he was made that song to Lil, addressing Lil Pump, and it was like, "Yo, these white fans, you know." And it's again, not to make it black or white, but no. like it's about the. No, that's what we are it's making. A, it. Yeah, we are, but yeah. the cult. It's about a culture appropriation. Look, I'm just, I'll just let, let me layman terms it out. Black people are tired of feeling like you tell us we ain't shit. But you steal our entire culture. Mm. Let's just—that's just the simple, the simplicity of it. Your daughter, like, look, bro. <laughs> yeah, keep going with that. You're absolutely right. You go to any rap concert. The bulk of what you're gonna see are white kids. You're not gonna see a lot of black kids. You're gonna see black people in the audience. Go to a Little Wayne concert. Go to a Little Punk. Go go to before he died, God rest his soul, X triple X. Go to Jay-Z. Go to these con go to these rap concerts. You're gonna see more white faces and other races of than black faces. Why is that? Do black people not have money to spend? Oh, of course. Minorities are the biggest spenders in this country. By far, in terms of liquid. Right. 
in terms of liquid. In terms of how much their 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 uh, liquid money they spend. Of course, you know why is you know why that is for two reasons. So when they say black people don't have money, no one like the the reality is like you know the difference is other cultures survive off of credit and lines of credit and their words and their names. If you and I go into the bank right now to get a loan and I could have on a, a $2,000 suit and you could wear that or put on a hoodie, you know how much hoops I have to jump through to prove I'm even worthy enough of getting this business loan? To start a business, not even to just I want a loan. I want to start a business. It's always going to be that. Well, you, you are starting a business. Is it harder to get investors because you're black? I mean, I... Well, my experience thus far... Who's raising your money, you or a white agent? Well, my partners are... My part, my, my other three partners are black and Spanish. Okay. But my other two... But all three of you are raising money together? All, all four of us are raising money. And we're all minorities, so to speak. Will, will all, you, will you, no, you can lean back. But will you, oh, yeah. will you plug the business? Can we learn a little oh, bit yeah, about sure. it? And I, then I want to... Yeah, yeah, you know, no, tell no, no, me, no. tell me how you're doing with the fundraising. Sure. So um, I'm a part of a fitness company, not even just a fitness company, a, a, a tech and fitness company, biotech called Nova Fitness Innovations. We just opened about a month ago. We have a location on 55th Madison and New York, and we are opening our second location in about a week or so in Tribeca. We're looking at a third location. Cheap neighborhoods. <laughs> right. Um, we're doing pretty good and we're already in the black. You know, we got a lot of corporate accounts, one of them being Lacoste and other things like that. In um, this case, black being a good thing. Black being a good thing. <laughs> but the, the, the I think the difference is, you know, like we've had investor meetings and because if I didn't have partners, I'm not sure how hard or easy it would be. But if I came into the room with my black CEO and my two Latin investors, you know, would I bear more successful with just them, they're smart. They're smart, intelligent guys, and these guys are proven. Their resumes are proven. But if I had you to come along with me, I got my black partner who's the CEO talking. I got my, my Spanish guys talking about the money. And then if you like, look, guys, I guarantee you more people would be like, yeah, let me sl- or, or respond to you more than they would to me or anyone else simply because of the comfortability of the outer texture. Especially when we're in the middle of a $4 million raise right now. He touched his skin color for I you did, listeners. I did. I touched it. We're in the middle of a $4 million raise right now with a little with almost two raise, which is still pretty good. Um, and I know we're going to make it. It's fine. Uh, because the company, no matter who's ahead of it, is just, you can't deny what it is. In the, in the, the Well, what is it? Tell us. Nova Fitness, tech and fitness company. We are one of the first and original companies of EMS. Technology. If you don't know what EMS is, electrical uh, muscle stimulation, it is a technology and a method that has been around since the 70s. Uh, Bruce Lee used to use it. A lot of Olympic athletes, professional sports teams have it. It's too expensive to be on the regular consumer market. It's about $30,000 per machine or person. Whoa. Yeah. We are one of the few companies that have taken it and commercialized it, consumerized it, to a regular consumer level in the States. In New York, it's only one other company in the tri-state area that can compete with us. And when, we're, when we come out, it's, you know, whatever. So let me ask you, like, I don't care about your skin color. Like, that's a great idea. Yeah. So are you saying that it doesn't sound like you're having a hard time raising money? It doesn't sound like you're having a hard time getting credit as well no. for this business. Okay, so is this really still a thing? Or is it, 
I'm talking about for you. I, I know in society correct, as correct. a whole it is, but like I don't know. Because I mean, call me my naive, but like I hang out with a lot of I got I a lot a of black for you, I got a lot of black on. friends, right? Yeah, of and, course, of course. And when I sit down with my black friends, I I hear them for what they're saying. I correct. judge them on their words. Correct. Correct. And do you think that like the larger country is denying black people credit on great business ideas because the banks are run by white people that don't understand black culture and are racist and are scared uh-huh. and don't have enough black friends, quite frankly, uh-huh. or, or what is it? Go ahead. I think it's that. I think it's that. And I also think it's the country just doesn't trust black people. And I can't lie, like, a lot of times, but black people aren't the only ones messing up credit. Everybody has Please, bad credit. Please, every group. Every group has bad credit. Mm. Let's be honest. Come like, on. white, black, Jewish, everybody yeah. in this country has bad credit. Yeah. But I, I don't know their percentages of the numbers. So I don't want to overspeak or, or, you know, falsely speak on who, what group has a higher percentage of not paying things back. But um, what I will say is the country doesn't trust black people. And the credit industry doesn't trust black people to pay the things back that they say they will pay, which is ironic because we were owed reparations right. the minute slavery was over. We still ain't get that back. So in terms of what was owed to us, whatever. That's why this whole ideology about laziness as a culture is just absurd to me. This country was built on the black on the backs of black people and Jewish people. You know what I mean? And Irish people. They were the ones building the damn building the damn well europe was built in the back irish people too we were we were the we were the laborers of Of course new york was built with the hands of irish they were the first ones over here irish and chinese and chinese the brooklyn bridge all these bridges all these monuments who you think built that who built it now were there white men a part of construction crews absolutely let's not do that but trains the west the railroads, who were they built by? Right. The Chinese, the Chinese. Irish. Chinese. Yeah, and the Irish, yeah. And the Irish. That's what's so that's what's so uh ironic about what's going on today with all the bullshit racism that Trump is pumping about Hispanics coming over the border. Like they are our modern day labor class. What? Yo, take every Spanish person out. No, nothing would get done. Nothing would get done. Yeah. Because nobody wants to get their hands dirty. Hell, not even black people. Look, we don't. We put in our time. We're like, yo, let them. Do it. I'm not even trying to be. A, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, let them do it. Yeah. It's look, racist. It's not even racist. It's the reality that everyone knows that the hardest working class of people now on their hands and knees are the Latino community. Well, the immigrant Latino. The immigrant Latino yeah, yeah, community. Yeah. Let me say that because yeah, I don't want to yeah. sound like a. Yeah, yeah. It's not even my view. It's the views of how everybody looks at it. You look at a movie or a TV show. Who's the housemaid? Lupe. Like, it's not even me. It's how you can tell how society views things based upon what you see on the TV. Look at a movie, look at a show, look at anything. Whoever they have in these roles is basically a representation of the thought process. Well, it's funny you say that because the the opposite is also true in some cases. Like Caitlin, my wife and I are thinking about getting help around the house because we've got a house that we rent out and we run as an Airbnb and all that. And we just have so much going on. We can't handle it all. Right. And so we're like, you know, what should we do about it? And I want to hire a Latino person because I trust them and I know that they will work stick hard. around and work hard. Do the job. And I'll pay them whatever they think their fair rate is. Right. But, you know, but 
we were like, well, what about getting an au pair or some kind of white person? I'm like, that person's going to abandon us. That person's not going to work hard. That person's not going to actually get, you know, get, get the work that we want done. So it's and they're gonna try to feel like they are owed something, right? Or, or they'll or they'll be like, you know what? I just I just realized I have this dream to you know go yeah. you know be an actor or something, nah. and and they'll leave. Um, it's very hard. It's very hard to understand what's right and what's wrong in this world right now, in terms of especially in this country, <laughs> in terms of how we are with race. Well, let's bring it full circle because I think we do have to wrap up. Sure. So with everything you've said so far today, and I do think we should dig into this some more yeah. at some point in the future. Um, how do you feel that all these items have essentially influenced your life and therefore you've been able to digest them and cast them out into the world and therefore influence the world? Because you have influenced the world. You're an influencer. You've got a big following. You've got a dedicated audience. We, I, at Solar, like recruited you because we think you're a star. We know you're a star. So talk to me about that. My point of view on my influence in the world or well it can even be forward thinking but like yeah. this podcast is about the art and business of influence so my question for you is how has what you've learned in your life what has influenced you then translated into how you have packaged yourself in order to influence the world because there is no questions you've influenced the world that's not a question it's more agreed how did you do that because this is what our listeners care about. Like, how did clarity become clarity, right? How do I become clarity, right? Go ahead. I think a few things. I talked about this at the uh, um, Marco's podcast. Say it. Plug, plug his podcast. Yeah, I talked too. about it with funny people talking. Um, you know, a lot of different things influence. I think influence and inspiration are two different things. What influenced me, what inspires me is my mother, to be honest. I thought it was Denzel and Sydney and all these black men doing things as a young black guy who wants to act. But when I talk, when I see... When you go through hardships and you still persevere, that's inspiring to me. And to see my mom go through what she's gone through and to see her rejuvenate her acting career at this age, at this level in her career after the fact, that's inspiring to me. This woman is going to believe she's going to be on Broadway. And because she believes it, I believe it. I'm going to do every damn thing in my power to make sure because she, she's good. That's inspiring. What influences me, the fact that there aren't enough people out there telling the truth. And God gave me this platform for a reason. He gave me this voice for a reason. He gave me millions of followers and people like me for a reason. And I'm, I'll be damned if I just squander that. Squander it. Yeah. Like Dave Chappelle said, you have, for stand-up comedians specifically, but anybody with influence, really, you have a responsibility to be reckless. That is your duty, to be reckless. Now, what does reckless mean? Not necessarily in the negative connotated way. Reckless in the sense of, yo, talk. Say what's on your mind, your head, and your brain, right? Truthfully, so that because you're, you may be the conduit, you may be the vessel in which people are thinking, but they don't have the balls to say it. Like Eminem said, I say what's on my mind, I have the balls to say it bigger than y'all. I don't get on the mic and I spit it, really. I don't, you know what I mean? He was just basically saying like, I say what you're thinking. We all think the same, but you're scared to say it. Right. I don't care, so I'm going to say it. And that's what Dave was saying. He was like, bro, say it. There's not a lot of brave people in this world that will say it. Right. And we need people like that to really say what we're all thinking. So what influences me is that I have it. I can't just because he'll take it away. <laughs> I believe with great power comes great responsibility. Right. If you're not, it's like the man, there's a parable in the Bible in Matthew 25, 14, I believe. It talks about the parables of the masters and the gold. The master has three servants. 
He gives one five talents, the other one three talents, the other one one talent. The one with the five, he goes, I'm going out of town, right? You can metaphor that to investments, however you want to metaphor it. It's like, I gave you five talents, George. I gave you three talents, Chris. I gave you one talent, Marco. I'm going out of town. I'm investing in you. It's basically what that says. Do something with it. I'm out. I come back in town. Yo, George, I gave you them five talents. What'd you do? Oh, I started a podcast. I produced a TV show. I started an app company named Solar. I, I, me and my wife are pregnant now. And I'm giving, I'm giving back to my community where I'm from. Right? You doubled that. You took what I, the blessings I gave you and you doubled that. Right. Boom. Well done. You did with what I gave to you. Chris, I gave you three. What'd you do with it? Well, I started a, a law firm, a successful law firm. Um, I'm bridging the gap between the, the, the brand marketing and, you know, I was able to do this for my family. That's, you doubled that. Marco, I gave Marco one talent. What'd you do with it? Now, for the sake of this argument, because I know you're ambitious, for the sake of this, he's like, well, all they had one. So I took it and I buried it because I didn't want to lose it because I know you're a harsh master. And he was like, yo, what? So there's no ROI on what I just gave you. Even if you failed, I don't care, bro. You tried. Don't just sit up there and let things sit inside of you and die. That's not good stewardship. You didn't even try? Yo, you're a wicked. Why would you not try? I'd rather you fail when you try, but don't sit there and like, oh, I gave it back to you. It's like, bro, I could have kept this myself and gave another one to you because you did something with the five. You did something with the three. I could have did something with it, but I gave it to you to do something with it. I know what I can do. That's why I'm your master. But what did you do? You didn't do nothing? Yo, come on. Give me that back, man. Right. That's what's so tragic about suicide. Yeah. Because we've all been given, every human being on this planet has been given one talent. We've been given a life. Yes. That is your talent. God is no respecter of persons. That's you, right. There is this even playing. Mm, well, I, you know what I mean? I say that all the time. All the time. A lot of these people, especially in entertainment or whoever, they are respecter of persons. Persons. You respect the man more than you respect the bless the blessing and more than the blessor. That's right. People are big other people up so much. So much. So much. And they are just a man. A man, a woman. Come on. That's it. And they will screw up just like you, if not worse. And especially if they're in the public light. Guess what? It's all smoke and mirrors anyway. And wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's because it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Look at Harvey. How many people were Please. afraid of Harvey for years? He for ran years. Hollywood for years. You now Predator. And if you did, he did something. You want to come out. You couldn't because Harvey Weinstein's name's on 20. If the five films are nominated this year, this man produced three or four of them. So right. what are you going to say to take down the biggest funneler of money into Hollywood? What are you going to say to change it? You can't. And now the giants are falling. So Wait, now no one's afraid. The giants are falling. And it's like in every industry. I mean, you know, my sister is an opera singer. Her name is Marsha Thompson. She mm. sings at New York City Opera. They've had people like Jimmy Levine at the it's Met a white, Opera. It's a white family thing, right? <laughs> uh, uh, right, stop. Jimmy Levine at the Met Opera, he got taken down. Harvey Weinstein. Like, they're, like all the giants are falling because... There's been so much going on, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. like throughout, you know, the years that has been covert, has been under wraps, and now it's all being revealed. It mm -hmm. just is what it is, you know. Well, what I'm we're saying? going through a reckoning. Yes, a reckoning. Ha! There's no we, doubt about it. Uh, and right. I and I love the fact that we are going through a reckoning. I love it. Kind of circling back to what we talked about earlier. Um, 
you're this young guy in Orlando yep. who's playing sports, dealing yep. drugs, yep. working through family life, working through personal life, and you make the choice to jump up and leave yeah. and pursue a dream in Hollywood. Yep. And so the question is like, you know, what specifically provoked that? And I think what we're hearing is that it might have been something unusual. Mm-hmm. And and then and then how how does that circle through to today? Sure. So like when I there was one thing um, that happened to me when I was right before I graduated. Um, I almost was killed in in a uh, drug deal gone bad. Um, again, you, I told you I had to do what I had to do. That was the only options really down there. And um, it was a, I should have been smarter about it, but when you're back against the wall, even things that don't make sense to you, you start to feed into or succumb to those things that you don't even, you know that doesn't even make sense. Right. But you do it because there's signs of desperation and hope, right? So um, I got basically set up. Um, it was a deal between me and another guy. I almost got killed. I mean, the guy came there to rob me and kill me and leave me for dead. And, you know, I fought back at the end of the damn night. I'm not dead. I'm still here. I made it out, thank God, by the grace of God. That kid, I don't know what happened to him. It was just the two of you? Just the two of us. Were um, there weapons involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You pull out a gun, shot, you know. Did you have a gun? Not that night I did not. And it would have been very different. You went to I, a drug deal without a gun? I know. Well, the thing is, this is what happened. Because he called me and he blurted out my best friend's name earlier. He was like, yeah, Chad sent me. At the time, was my best friend. So I, you know, and I was at school still, like, taking an after-school test. <laughs> And um, so because got, he knew tra- Chad, you trusted. He him said him. so. He knew anybody knew at the time because I was popular, rather. Right so they knew that anybody knew me knew that Chad was my best friend, Chad and Keith. And so he's like, "Yeah, I know Chad, man." You know, I was like, "Okay, all right, just call me later, whatever." And I was and I went to a track meet, and he kept calling me, and he he offered me double for the price, which was should have been a, a red flag. Yeah. But my young dumb self was like, "Yeah, what? He's stupid. I'm about to get him. He's trying to get me." And after the track me, I usually roll deep. Like I don't roll by myself. I roll. I was. I had a friend of mine drive. I was in a. I was in one car driving, and I had a a, a Explorer, a Ford Explorer, a full of homies behind me, and we both pulled. We all pulled up to the, the location where the dude told me to meet him at. We pulled up. He got nervous. He saw the cars, and he was thought we were trying to do something. He's like, "Man, I'm nervous, man. I got all this cash on me. Y'all are two cars deep." So he made it look like get rid of everybody, and I didn't want to lose the deal. So I told everybody to go home, and I had one. One of my boys with me, I'll never forget. I'm not going to say his name. But he was like, he was like the character from Menace of Society. Um, old dog. Yeah. He was crazy. Young and yeah. just with it. Yeah. And I said, bro, leave. He was like, nah, you sure? He like, he, like he's one of those young kids that don't have nothing to live for. If you tell him to shoot, he'll shoot. And I told him to leave. And he was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, bro, it's cool. He's like, man, I don't know. He's like, that's cool, dog. It's just him. I'm good. The dude looked corny. So everybody left. I went home. I got the package. It was a brick. Of, it was at the time. It was a big pound. It was a brick of weed. Came back. I told my mom was washing dishes, and my dad wasn't there at the time. I think my dad. I think my father at the time was incarcerated. I believe. No, 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 no. He just wasn't home. I apologize. He just wasn't home. So I run in the house. <clears throat> I never forget it. I made up a lie. My mom was washing dishes. She had her back turned to me. I ran in the house real quick. I was like, Mom, I'll be right back. She said, where, where you go? It was almost late. It was getting late at this point. She said, where are you going? I was like, I got to go take this shirt to Chad. Some, some lie I made up. 
She was like, what? It doesn't make He needs it because he wants to wear it tomorrow, so I'm going to take it to him real quick. She was like, and I just walking out the house before she could even answer me. Her back was turned, so she barely was seen. I was, I remember she was washing dishes. It's got to be right back, so I'm tripping. I go to the thing, almost lost my life. What happened? Well, <clears throat> so when I pulled back up, um, the guy told me to meet him in this alley right by this car wash, right by McDonald's. I pull up in my car. I don't lock, unlock the door yet. He's standing, he walks up to the car. Before he gets in, I was like, yo, let me check, lift up your shirt, let me check you out. Lift up his shirt. I saw no gun. And I was like, all right, go, get in. He gets in, and uh, small talk. He's like, yo, where is, you know, he's easy. He said, where is that? I went, reach in the back seat, pull it out, hand it to him. He's like, all right, bet, bet. And he just leans over. I think he's about to pull out the money. All of a sudden, he pulls out a gun, cocks it, and just, bah. Like, oh, oh, he shot right away? He hits me first. He with the gun. Yeah, he pistol whoops me. Immediately blood comes from my eye. And then we struggle. We end up in the backseat. Cocks it, pulls it, puts the gun to my forehead. And my light flash, my life flashed from my eyes. I saw white. I saw me at a wedding. I saw kids. Literally, they, your life flashes before your eyes. Not That's what you saw, though? That's I saw interesting. It. I saw white, and I saw my whole life when I was born. My mom crying, da-da-da, walking down the aisle. In like a matter of seconds, I was like, Phew. They literally, when they say that, I think that's, I know why they say it now. And I was like, I'm dead. This is you see I, white, but. No, I don't mean white as a color. I mean, no, it was no, interesting no, no, that he saw a wedding and saw the kids. saw white and... as a light. Yeah. Right. I saw white as a light. No, but I, I was more interested that you saw a wedding and kids. But like, I saw my was whole. Was that your wedding and kids? I don't yeah. Think... Oh, I saw okay. my whole Which life. Which you haven't had yet. No. Right? Okay. I saw my entire life flash before my eyes. Uh-oh. Before I was born, up until that point, and after, I was like, damn, this is what I'm about to miss. And I literally thought I was dead in that moment. So what happened? And uh, I just remember waking up on the ground, and I, re- I remember, I remember uh, not being dead. And then I remember, but beforehand I woke up, he was trying to drive away into the back alley and finish me off. I remember I had a club in the back seat. He was tr- taking your car? Yeah. And I remember jumping over his back, putting my arm around his neck. He thought I was passed out. I threw the car in park. We crashed into a, a big dumpster, airbags deployed, the hood cracked back. I guess he got out and ran, and I remember like waking up being put on a gurney. Later on, the detective calls me. He was like, "She said, tell me what happened.' I'm telling him about. I tell him about the gun. I thought it was fake, real, lying. I don't know, whatever." He was like, "Did you know the bullet, the gun was real?" I was like, "No." He was like, "Yeah, well, we found a shell casing on the floor." And I was like, "Huh?" I was like, "I don't know that." You know, I was trying to be stupid, but he was like, "Yeah, I mean, the shell casing indicates that the bullet was shot out." Right. I don't remember that. I remember him putting it, beating me, put it, pulling the trigger, but... Was there a bullet hole in the window or the car anywhere? It was just a shell casing on the floor. That's weird. And this is why I was like, if you don't believe in God, you got to go through something like that. Then you will. So you've never... I mean, I had... Growing up in D.C., I had... I won't tell the story now, but I had an incident like that. Um, have you ever tried to uh, figure out where that guy's... Of course. Alive or not? Of course. But Is he? I don't think so. I don't know. He's probably incarcerated, if anything. I, I just remember at my time, my uncles, all three of them, my, my dad and her, the brothers coming over after it happened, and my dad just kept screaming, he's dead. He's dead. And my dad was going crazy. And my dad was from the streets, too, so. I just remember him saying, like, he's dead. That doesn't implicate my father, because he's dead now, too. So if something happened, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. 
streets of the streets. You can't live that life and last for long. If he, if you know, he was a it was a street level thug. He wasn't nobody big because right. nobody just does it that. Well, you time. weren't either. Nah, but I was doing my own thing. But you know, for him to do that, you robbing me, you're desperate, bro. Yeah. Oh, totally. You're totally. hungry. Like, you're you know, making a move. Yeah. Yeah, you're making a move. And for a brick, you do all that for a brick, a pound. That's worth, what at the time twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. That's not a big move. No. It's you're a silly little street level. Yeah. No, you're right. It's a sign of desperation. Sign of desperation. That's so, what I so about. how does that experience mm. uh, affect you today, or how did it bring you to today? It taught me that I'm here for a real reason. You know what I mean? Like, I knew that my life was not spared just for me to just keep doing that. So one of the things is like, well, I'm not doing this anymore, so I got to do something better with my life. So that's why I was like, I'm leaving. That's what, that's what keeps me going. I was like, you got, I feel like God spared my life for a reason. He spared my life. I drink Hennessy. To make a real impact. <laughs> he spared my life for a real reason. He spared my life for a purpose. He spared my life. Not to squander the opportunity. So that, when I think about even what why I want to stop, the I think about that night in the car, and I was like, I did not not die for a reason. That's what influences me to keep going. Because how many other young kids out there think they got to do that to get by when society puts it in their face like this? Is what you got to do to get to make it? It's what you got to do. You don't. There's more young kids and especially young black kids in this country that are the guy who made the move right. and there are the guys that got out of it like of you course. did. Yeah. So um let's uh let's wrap it up, bring it up bring it up to today and tell me where you want to go. How do you want to use this this gift, right? Yeah. That you have, your life, your talents, these gifts. Right. Where do you want to go? I just I don't want to leave any stone unturned. I want to do everything that I'm supposed to do, whatever my purpose is. I don't want to leave any stone unturned. I want to do everything I'm supposed to do. I want to get everything that, that I feel like God has for me. And whatever that is, whatever that means, that's what that will be. I don't want to be specific to limit myself or sell myself short. I could, he could destined for me to be the whatever of whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I just want to make movies and, you know, have companies and do all that. But it could be more. So I don't even want to say, I just don't want to leave any stone unturned. And my stone could be X. Who knew Obama's stone would be president? That was his stone. Had he not turned it, he wouldn't have changed the course of history or given people hope. So. Amen. Well, Greg, Mr. Clarity, I think you've got a lot of stones coming before you. Um, thank you for being a part of this episode. Thank, thank you, you for joining us at Solar Stories. So happy that you're a part of our family and that I'm a part of your family. Yep. Christopher, Mr. Holland, thank you for joining us again. You're welcome. I think we're all mine. I think we're going to end up having this conversation again. Cheers. That's it for Solar Stories. Thank you so much for listening. Please come back next time for another great guest and another great story on the art and business of influence. I'm George Manley. This is where the story starts. We can't wait to hear yours. Solar Stories is presented by Solar Inc. You can find more about solar at solar.com. Copyright 2019, Solar Inc., all rights reserved. Thank you for listening.